We are live on the Weirdos Only podcast. Today we have Irving Pacheco, Soldier of Christ, I believe he said, uh, founder of Gamma Zeta Alpha Fraternity Incorporated at Zeta Chapter, which is San Diego State University. That's how I know him. Um, basically, all around good guy, very involved in politics, um, also in, in, in the military as well, right? Um, so, you know, just uh, honey, are you Huntington Park native or what is the? I could claim a Huntington Park native. I grew up here since I was five years old. Okay. Since I came, well, me and my mom came here in the early eighties. Okay, nice. So, and you, you, uh, do you have any brothers, sisters, or? Yeah, I have two two younger brothers, Ernie and Pepe. Uh, they're wonderful kids. I'm per- very proud of them. And I have an older stepbrother who lives in Mexico, Oscar. Okay. So, nice. Where's, yeah. your, where's your family from Mexico? My mom and dad are from a place called Mocorito, Sinaloa. Uh, so Mocorito would be kind of like the county. More specific, uh, there's a town called Rosa Morada, which is where the the band, the famous band, Los Tigres del Norte, are from. Ooh. And, yeah. La How- uh, the, you know which one I was watching? Have you seen that, uh, the Netflix, the, the Tigres del Norte, uh, Folsom, Folsom Prison? I... So funny that you say that is that when they were filming that, I was in touch, I was in contact with their representative because we want, we say, wanted them to do some, yeah, for the census. I was say, don't, don't tell and, me that, uh, you were, that you were in Folsom when they did. <laughs> don't tell me that you were in Folsom when they performed. I'm just kidding. <laughs> Luckily, I wasn't. And don't want to go, don't want to go there, Ed. You know? I'm just kidding. So, so you were trying to you're trying to work with them. I mean, I, I, they did they've done a lot of activism, right? They did a whole campaign about getting out the vote and stuff like that as well. Yeah, you know, because they they're considered a trusted uh, a trusted messenger, and that's one of our goals. And the governor's office last year for the census was to uh, uh, get the community involved with folks that could relate to a certain message, like because trust is such a big important thing right now. Uh, but they were charging a lot. The Los Tigres, you know, they were—they don't want to do it for free. It was like three hundred thousand dollars. I'm like, just to say, uh, you know, participate in the census. You guys yeah. are nuts. Yeah, they but gotta, you know, they got to split it between all the Tigres, you know. There, there's a lot of Tigritos out there, yeah, you know. So know. My aunt, my, my aunt Eva, she's really good friends with uh, with them because they're from San Jose. Um, but when I see them, they, you know, they, they know who we are and, uh, you know, I'm very proud of them. Uh, you know, they, they were pioneers with the, with the corridos and, you know, they got the classics. So, uh, a funny thing about that is last time I was in Sinaloa, I stayed at the same hotel they, they had stayed and they, they went, they played at the, uh, ganaderia, la, yeah. en la ganadera. So the guy, when I get, when I got there from the airport, my, uh, I was hungry, and, the, and the, the guy from the waiter goes, guess who was just, where were you at? Eating. Like, who? Los Tigres. Sacaron de ir. Sacaron de ir los Tigres. Like, right here where I'm, where I'm sitting at? Yeah. I've been looking for them. I want, I want them to do a commercial for the census. So yeah. isn't that crazy? But uh, that was the last time I was in Aloha, and, uh, you know, to connect that with Los Tigres. Um, we, uh, last time I saw him perform was at City Hall. El Grito. And this was an awesome event. 
Uh, this is about four years. Yeah, at the city hall. Uh, all the council members were, uh, you know, El, El Dia de Independencia had become a very large event here in LA. So, and after the, at the next year, Los Tucanes. So every year they were getting, you know, a lot of the uh, big guys for the regional uh, music. What's uh, one of the Tucanes lives lives here in uh, in San Diego? Um, what's his name? Um, the one with the the main one, the one with the with the. I forget his name, but he he lives down he lives down here in in the in the fancy neighborhood. Claro, because you know, no son tontos. But you know, Mario Quintero. Yeah, and he lives down here, like right next to the border. Porque no lo dejan entrar a Tijuana. He just went right across the border. ¿Cómo está la frontera ahorita? Hablando de la frontera. Is this, can we talk both English and Spanish? Yeah, it doesn't matter. Spanish. Yeah. Spanglish is for weirdos. So que, que entiendan everything. I mean, I'm Mexican, so I bring it up. And, you know, it's a, I, I think most people can follow. You know, most people can figure out at least what we're saying. You know, um, I haven't done one in full Spanish. But, yeah, I mean, I think I, I grew up here, right? So I remember when there was times when they were like, don't go into TJ. Like, you know. Like right now, it's very, very hot in TJ. I think, I think I, maybe I'm out of the loop because maybe back when I was when I was younger and I was going down there to, I was going down into the bars and, and the, doing that stuff. So maybe I was more in the scene of like what was actually going on. But it doesn't seem like it's it's got that same you know like when it was when the Ari and Felix were when the, the whole turf war was going on with Chapo and all that stuff was going on. That, that was really really crazy down there. People getting shot like crazy. Well, you know, when, when I was going to state, it was during the mid-90s, 1995 to 2000, and I always share this with people. I think we got the, the last hoorah for Tijuana while it was safe and relatively safe. You know, uh, some of the fraternity brothers and so some of our guys will say no. Uh, we were very lucky uh, to to walk out of that whole thing, with, you know, with just a couple of infractions. But... Um, I think well, that's the thing is that the whole the whole culture is coming up though. They have a, a lot of cool places to go. The the gastronomia. There's a bunch of a lot of cool places to eat. So I think that it's it's evolving to a, a place that, that that's uh, trying to attract more tourism because of that. You know, because of the the bad fame that it that it had. Tijuana has so much potential, unbelievable potential. Uh, it's just kind of uh, upsetting that because of politics, the region can't flourish the way it should. And that's one of our hopes. And that should always be one of our hopes as Mexican Americans. And that, you know, uh, we have more to gain, uh, from the, from the infrastructure, infrastructure. I, I mean, if, if nobody's ever been, I think like, you know, for me, just growing up in San Diego, it's so crazy to just go one mile that way and you don't have any there's there's no street signs or you know what i mean it's like the driving as soon as you cross the border the driving's already different you know you have to like people are merging and les vale madre but i think it's like to some degree it's kind of organized because everybody's just going to keep going over here you're like hey you cut me off and you stop and you yell over there they're just like just keep going and this is it's like organized chaos you know what i mean and you know that's this part of the institution of Mexico. That's kind of the deep-rooted um, 
foundation that was the good thing about Mexico is also the uh, deficiencies. Yeah. Uh, because in Mexico, you know, uh, you have a different sense when you're over there. You know, you feel a little more free. Or at least I used to back before, you know, the violence really erupted. Um, but such hardworking folks right there, man. And everybody just wants to work. They want to be a, a they want to provide good customer service. They want to grow as, as Mexicanos in la frontera, which is the most cross border in the, in the world. Isn't that unbelievable? And yeah. we got, we, you know, us San Diego State students <laughs> got a got a front row view of all that it was, yeah, and all that it could be. And you know, like I said, man, we were blessed when we were, when we were there. I mean, what didn't happen to us? Um, you know, fights. Uh, you know, I mean, but we were kind of the entrepreneurs there. You know, we used to had one of our best fundraisers when we used to go over there and book the uh the nice clubs uh with the help of the uh you know our our counter ladies at the uh the, the sorority girls yeah so the the, what, what, the guys what, in the club, chat, what club were you were you guys using well, the baby rock well the, that was my favorite one and that was uh you know it was classy it was affordable uh, the music was awesome. The people were, you know, it was uh, it was perfect for us yeah. at that time, yeah. the, the mid nineties. And luckily, you know, we didn't go through one of the shootouts. You know, we well, all, we were. And the border was so even. I mean, mid nineties. I, I was I was crossing with my dad in the mid nineties. But I'm saying, like, for for it was so much more different, right? You can get to the border so quickly. They were just like, "Oh, go ahead, go ahead. You got anything to claim or whatever." It wasn't as stringent as it is, even if, even let's just say in 2002, once, once like 9-11 mm-hmm. happened and they brought in a lot more, there was a big surge of border patrol and, and customs agents that they hired. Um, and just, it just ramped up the whole entire border security, you know, which was different, I'm sure in the, in the, in the late nineties. I mean, you were here, what, 97 or 96, right? 95 to 2000. So I, I threw it yeah. an extra year because I, I was having too much fun. There you go. And during during that time, the uh, the you know San Diego was doing well. The, the Padres were actually in the World Series. <laughs> uh, they were building Petco. Um, we were there at a really good time, man. You know, I, I no complaints. My college experience was, you know, I I just think a lot of things. It, it wasn't all perfect. You know, during college, my my stepdad passed away. My grandma passed away. Oh. Uh, you know, I. No. You know, go that ahead. was hard for you. That was hard for you, kind of going going through that and being away. Or, well, I think the college. You know, I could have not gone to state and learned the same thing at a, with a political science book here in L.A. Right, but the experience of moving out from your home. And just kind of, you know, you're, you're, you're out there by yourself and you come across the world, you know, you're no longer on the, in the parents radius. Right. Yeah. But, uh, I met some wonderful friends. Uh, I think one of the things that a message I want to give out is, uh, I met a really nice girl there my first girlfriend. And, you know, she kind of, kind of, uh, made me realize what I, what I was doing in college, which was to get an education and improve myself. Uh, and that was my sophomore year. And because of that, uh, I probably didn't get kicked out. 
well, you know, when life happened and we broke up, uh, she came back to LA and I took the, the, the separation kind of not that mature because I was young. So during that time, the way I expressed myself was by pushing the envelope and doing, you know, behaviors that, uh, that I wanted to get out of the chest, but not so in a proper manner. So that's why uh, there was this activity of going to the parties, getting into fights, you know, kind of, uh, you know, I had, a, I had a, a car that used to kind of drive pretty fast back then. And there was a lot of incidents with it as well. But all I wanted to hear that, what the message here is that if I could go back in time and tell that Irving that that wasn't the way to deal with, uh, you know, breakups or, you know, I would. Yeah. yeah. I think what happened was that, you know, and this is to the core of things, you know, she, she was pregnant and, uh, you know, she, she, she decided to not go on, go on with the pregnancy. And at the moment, you know, you didn't think that that could be uh, so impactful, but it really was. Well, I mean, I think for anybody, it's and it's also growing up in, uh, um, you know, Catholic and and Latinos. It's it's something that you know is is frowned upon. Or, I mean, I'm, without getting into any of the politics, I feel that I'm you know I'm I'm no one to to decide on what what should be done, you know, and then people make their decisions. Um, but obviously, as a kid, you you know, I I think, when, for, at least from what I'm hearing, it, it seems like you were more holding on to what you wanted or what you thought could be. And you, a lot of the times we see a child or something like that as the in, right. As the like, well, like not only, then you kind of feel like, well, not only does she not want me, she doesn't even want my child. And that would have been my in to just have a woman and just be set. And I think, especially in those times, you're kind of like, I need to do this. And this is the trajectory I need to go. I need a woman, have a kid, get a college degree, get a job. Yeah. You know? And like you said, you already had figured out like what I learned in college wasn't that extensive as opposed to what I learned in life. Right. Because college was more of just putting you in the path to like, to, to allow yourself to kind of bring stuff in and, and learn more. Right. I would say that that lesson alone was worth more than, you know, um, the, you know, the classes and, and that you have to go through, you know, your, literature your <laughs> math classes and all that yeah yeah you know i i actually think like learn more outside of the the books in yeah. college and you know that's always kind of being my I think um, it is a lot of it is experiences right like because experiences yeah. you have and 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 meeting deadlines and whatnot i feel like is something i always tell people like that's what college is is like just being able to be responsible and learn that you know your actions have uh, have consequences too you know yeah they do. And it might not be immediately, but they will actually resurface. And, um, and, you know, and I think I wanted to do this podcast, this interview with you because I care about the younger guys, you know, yeah. uh, that, but that might, if, if I could, you know, prevent somebody from just, you know, overreacting when certain events happen, then the, the key there is to control your emotions. And, you know, uh, a lot, and I wish I had somebody was, that, that would, should have shared that with me, but no excuses because, you know, I, 
I've always kind of have, I've always had a good observation of, of what's going around me. I think that's one of my, my, my strengths. Yeah. I'm able to, I'm able to realize what's around me and, um, you know, and, and that's how I decided to kind of just, uh, let go of my heartbreak. And what that happened was, you know, I, it led to me to dating a lot of girls, you know, and, um, and even, you know, that was kind of, it wasn't helpful later on well, because I think it's, it's, it's seeking validation outside of yourself, right? It's, it's looking for somebody else to say that you're good enough as opposed to like you just saying, I know that I'm good enough. Um, and from what I'm hearing too, is, is that you're, you're in the body always finds a way whenever there's emotions or there's something bad where they say is like dis ease, right? Like a disease, there's something inside you, right. That needed to get out and it found a way to get out, but it wasn't a healthy way. And so that's why a lot of the times people, when they don't deal with their stress or whatever it may be, then they get migraines or they get a lot of stomach aches or they get a lot of fat aches and the body always finds a way to get rid of it. Right. And so, like you said, like you found different outlets or coping mechanisms that maybe weren't healthy of like, Hey, let me go after a bunch of girls or let me go and, and try to see, Oh, Hey, like this girl, she likes me. I don't really like her, but it feels good to just be validated. Right. To be like, Oh, this girl likes me. She's into me. And I think that we, a lot of dudes fall into that, right. Of like, just going after for the wrong reasons, you know? Yeah, no, I, I, I'll probably, you know, as much as I hate to say it, uh, being kind of promiscuous is, um, you know, I think if you could have the other option, I would go with the other option. Um, but we have to, you gotta live too. You, you have gotta to learn, live. You gotta learn the hard way sometimes, yeah. right? Like you said, um, but I think that, you know, one thing that I could, um, as far as me knowing you and, and I mean, just the fact that you're on this podcast, right. Um, it shows that you're one, an introspective guy and also somebody who like, I've said it a lot of times before, and I, I will say it again. I think that, you know, it's, it's a great analogy is that Harriet Tubman not only got out, but she went back and got some more. And I feel like that's where I see you as like, you know, there's a lot of older guys that, and, and it's understandable too. They're living their own lives and whatever, but they don't, you know, they don't get involved or they're not, you know, saying, Hey, you know what, maybe I should, maybe I should kind of tell my experiences, whether it's these kids are learning from my mistakes or just stuff that I learned, but at least you're, you're putting yourself in the position to be a resource, right. For kids and, and for, for the younger, younger generation, which even if it is just people within your organization, but you're willing to, to reach out. And I think maybe that's at the core also as well as to, to your, to your, um, your interest in public service, you know, is that, you know, as far as every time I've talked to you, it's always like, what's going on in LA, what's going on in politics, what's going on in Huntington Park, like, you know what I mean, figuring out where you can help and where you can, you know, be a ser of service, you know, and not everybody's willing to do things like that, you know. And, and no, and I, me and you have always, uh, we've always enjoyed our communications. I always respected you for your, for your creativity and, and your insight, uh, just with, uh, and, and your ability to carry a, a, a very wonderful and emotional conversation that, you know, that's, um, but the public service part, it's interesting you bring that up. You know, when I graduated from college, I, I got my real estate license. My plan was to come to LA and, and be, be this big shot uh, real estate guy. Oh, you're going to uh, be in Beverly Hills. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You know, that was my plan. Um, even though my, my, my degree was in political science. Um, but 
funny how things happen. I like to share the story is that that summer of 2000, I came here, you know, I, I was like, I'm going to, I'm going to make it. And I had all this, uh, I felt good. It was 2000, you know, the change of the century and we had everything going for us, but, uh, I couldn't sell a house. It took me three months of, uh, chasing clients and all that. And, you know, I, I enjoyed it. And I, I just used to run the numbers in my head and all right, if I do this, I'm going to do that. But, you know, couldn't sell something. I, I cold called eight hours a day for three months straight. I'm not kidding, man. And yeah. like the old broker, this Cuban guy goes, Oh man, you're, you, you know, I like your style. I'm like, yeah, but I'm not selling stuff. Yeah. It's a and, numbers and, game though, right? You gotta just keep hitting yeah. the phones. So what happened one morning I woke up and I, I was like, man, kind of like, fuck, what am I going to do? So I went to the kitchen. I, the yellow pages were there. So I opened the yellow pages and I said, you know, today I'm going to go work. You know, I'm going to give this politics a shot. So I opened the yellow pages and it's like it, at that page, my local assembly member popped out, uh, Marco yeah. Fireball. Saw that his office was less than five miles away from my house. That morning I went, when asked for, a, uh, for an application. Well, just so, we'll never just, forget my so just for, I don't want to cut you off, but just so people get it, it is like the yellow, like cause some people, some people are so young, they're probably listening, they don't even know what the fucking yellow pages are, which is like the big book, right? Like where you look in and yeah. there's like postings. And then literally, because like, I remember doing it too, is you have, like, I feel like now all the job applications are online. I remember walking into places and having to ask, are you guys hiring? And so yeah. that's another thing that you learn, right? Just to be more social and to go and put yourself in those positions. So obviously, like I said, you walked into the office, right? So you, I could take it from there. You walk into the office. And I was exactly who they were looking for because they had about 20 candidates for one spot. And there was... Uh, when they saw me, it was like, uh, you know, oh yeah, this is the guy we ordered. No family, single, live nearby, and we're just gonna be a slave for the next, uh, for the, you know, for the remainder of the time. So that was one of those moments that really uh, uh, life transformational. Because when I talked to my boss, when he gave me an interview, uh, Marco, he it wasn't an interview. It was kind of a uh, 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 like a, a, a night. You know, it was like. These are your orders. This is what you're going to be doing. Yeah. And that was awesome because uh, at that moment, uh, I was a, a young buck learning all about the Latino politics in L.A., right? And I started just, you know, being the, the body guy. Uh, but, you know, the, let's go here. Let's go there. Let's take care of the phone calls. Let's go campaign and all that. But I, that's the best way you learn. And at that moment, you know, uh, Marco the became ground, chair right? of the, yeah, became chair of the Latino caucus. And this is the early 2000s when the Latino caucus in California was expanding uh, because uh, in the 80s, it was only like four or five members and the 90s, it was growing. And then by when we came in, we hit the uh, like 20, 27 members. So we were all over the state campaigning for all these different candidates and who, whoever we put our our name behind, like the chair, Marco and Polanco, was, they, they got the seat. So I bring that up because that was the public service. And the reason I chose public service that is because, you know, take it back to Sinaloa and Tijuana, you know, my other route would have been, you know, like that life, you know, that the, the fast money, because it was, it was pretty prominent back then. Um, you know, and I started getting paid like $30,000 a year. 
And that was, I mean, that was a very modest salary, right? I mean, I could barely have enough money at the end of the month to pay my, you know, my rent or, or have something nice or, yeah. but the, but the, I guess the, the way I was getting paid was just with that knowledge and experience of, of, of that institutional knowledge of, of politica from these, you know, the masters. Yeah. And, you know, from there, I learned a lot about the politics here at the local level, about people, about, um, you know, uh, how, what, it, what, what are the things that were transpiring back then? You know, uh, Davis got recalled. So we, we went, uh, no one's, no one who, uh, no one Arnold. Yes. On Bustamante, you know, Bustamante, who yeah, later on. Yeah. That, that, who, that's who, the guy that Arnold beat, no? Correct. Well, Davis got recalled, right? Because of the electric, the, the electrical thing. Great Davis. And I was just like, what the, the hell's going on? And which I'm a, I was a fan of Arnold because in the early eighties, my stepdad took me to go see Conan and uh, <laughs> Arnold was there signing books. So I have his signature, you know, I have Arnold's signature and, and like the, to me, he was everything. Yeah. That's the reason I used to lift weights in high, in high school, but now he was the governor and I had got transferred to the Capitol. I was one of the few gamblers that was up there working in the mid two thousands. So that was a whole different experience. Um, and that was, you know, that was my opener as well. You know, you got to see the, uh, you know, the, the, the GOP or yeah, the legislative process. And, uh, I just went along with it. You know, I, I went, I went along with it because, um, I guess one of my strengths in the workplace is that I, I like, I follow orders. You know, I'm, I, I follow orders and I make sure that uh, you only tell me once. So yeah. that's a good thing for the young kids. Uh, you know, because I'm not the best writer, you know, my, I, I, I can't, and then politics is all about the writing and, and, and the strategic. Well, I guess and, it depends you know, on what you're doing, right? Because, I mean, I got a buddy yeah. of mine who's who's very introverted, but he's a great policy writer, and he gets in there and he writes these, you know, these Correct. legislations and blah, blah, you know? Oh, yeah, and then, you know, but if you have a, a good elected official who, who assembles a good team uh, and and has a good purpose, he, he could get far. But, um, you know, so... I, my career was in public service and my last position was in the governor's office and for the, for the census. And right there, it was another eye opener. It was just incredible. You know, uh, I used to, I was back down in LA. We were getting orders from the governor's office. We were getting, I was getting involved more with the, more of the contracts and the mission was good, right? Uh, who doesn't want a full count for the census? But COVID hit last year, and, and yeah. this is where, you know, uh, COVID hit last year. And then for me personally, it was like, if somebody came down and just pushed uh, pause, I went from nonstop doing, you know, on the calls, meetings, traveling all over the place, you know, from the governor's office to COVID, everybody's going to go home. Uh, I had gone back from Germany before 2020. So, you know, I thought I was like, yeah, you know, and I was, I was assigned to veterans, uh, which I really, it, I was really enjoying. Uh, 
but politics got in the way and in part and in politics, you know, like I think in every other organization, um, you have to, you deal with different personalities. You, you, people have their agendas. And I like to say that I'm not a good politician because I'm too nice. You know what I mean? Uh, and there's some people that they're not happy if other people, if you're not throwing other people under the bus. Yeah. But not that I'm that naive now, but in politics and, and for whoever wants to go in follow that career, um, there's different ways you could succeed. My formula was just to follow through, really help constituents and not mess around with people in the office, you know, like harassment or, uh, you know, uh, be respectful, yeah. uh, especially now, especially now. Uh, and even then, because of just how people are, you know, it's, it's interesting that they, even they, even your allies want to burn you. So say they want to run for an office and you guys are in the same um, yeah. trajectory. Well, they want to eliminate you before that, before that happens. And those people are the ones usually that, you know, uh, get up there. They, they, uh, they will find a way to, to uh, tie you up. Yeah. So, you know, and that's, and I totally disagree with that because here in the Latino community, man, that's so prevalent with these uh, local council members right here and, and, the and the consultants that they just live off trying to either sabotage or, or lie, cheat, or destroy the, uh, your opponent who is your a fellow Mexican American or Latino or, or doesn't important. Just another person. Yeah, somebody. And, I, mean, well, I think just, it, it happens in the workforce too. I don't think it's it's exclusive to politics. You know, a lot of the times we people are very short sighted, but I think it does come down to to leadership as well, right? Because who's at that leadership position? Because there's always somebody, right? If it's a if it's a city council, then it's like the the like the spot, or if it's like a superintendent spot, then it's usually because you're being supported by the guy who's on top, right? To say, oh yeah, I endorse him, and then they kind of come up in that way, right? And it's very much a building relationships in politics. Like even if your salary is low right now, but it's like, oh, well, we could set you up on this trajectory where you can go and, and grow in this position. You know, it's the same thing in, in, in business, but I think that you have to reward the good behavior, you know, and you have to, you have to, and you have to cut that bad behavior and you have to nip it in the bud. Like if it's like, if you, if, if you're in trouble for something and then, you instead of you saying hey you know what i did what i did and i you know i'm sorry I, i'm willing to change it or if you're like throwing people under the bus in order to get yourself ahead as a leader you have to recognize that and see like okay like this guy's obviously not a team player you know and he's not willing to work on his his uh you know his mistakes so as a leader i think it comes down to the leadership you know because there's those people are everywhere you need to kind of you know adjust and bring bring up who's going to be good to keep going I think that's a good place to bring, like, you know, with the, the fraternity, right? And that's why we have, like, a, hey, who is this guy in betting? And whenever he, whenever I meet a new bro, like, I always ask people who know him. And is this guy a good guy? He's been vetted. Well, okay, now this guy, you know, he's not – he's a little flaky or whatever it may be, you know? Well, here's the kicker, Ed. Um These guys – you could make money in politics. 
I, in, in the third, you know, in the third house that as a lobbyist and so forth. Yeah. But it's wrong for, I think the electeds to start making money. And, and because there's so many ways, right. Uh, legally, but it comes with a price because I believe that every elected official started with good intentions, you know, Republican, Democrat, you start with good intentions because why would you want to be in public service? Why would you want to start, you know, uh, not in the public, in the private sector, but the system, once you're in there is like, uh, you, you are, um, if, if you make it to certain places, you're going to come across tough decisions of how you're going to continue. And that's where you're going to have to play ball with either your political party. And once you throw in the political party because of different intents, you're going to, whoa, hold on. What's, why do I have to vote on that? Or why do I have to get involved with that? And it's because like every other organization, there's a structure and that structure, if you want to be part of it, you're going to have to do your part for things. And uh, I was fortunate to never be, you know, involved with anything I, I would like to say uh, controversial other than, you know, when, but even then, right, I got into public service to not get in trouble, but then I find myself being part of this whole FBI undercover investigation, right? Yeah. And uh, that was interesting because, you know, we actually became good buddies with the guy, you know, it was like, he played soccer with us all the time. And, uh, you know, there was, you know, again, my observation of things, I always had a sense of how things were not okay there, but I was like, uh, like whatever, you know? And then I shot out to basic training when I caught, and and when I shot out to the military training, uh, the the guy goes, Hey Megan, I just want to let you know that uh, I'm very happy that you're doing this. Like what? That you're going to the military. Like, oh yeah, don't worry about it, man. You know, I've been, I was supposed to be doing this back in college because I had enlisted to be in the Marines, Yeah. but I ranked out back then because, you know, college life was too good. So it took me so many years of this regret, but look how things happen, right? So I yeah. ended up going to basic and the undercover guy, the, the way he enticed people was like, you know, uh, private jets and stuff like that, you know, and, uh, you know, feed me stuff. And I, so I never took the bait. You know, uh, I just wanted to play soccer. And I knew that, you know, because of my street smarts, you know, like, what's going on over here? So I get back and the story fucking uncovers, right? I'm next to my boss when the FBI is calling him. And uh, he tells me, and he looks at me, hey, man, that's the FBI telling me that the Capitol just got raided. I'm like, whoa, what's going down? Well, there's an undercover finding out about all this crazy stuff. I don't know. And then I almost had a heart attack when I found out who it was like a couple of days later. I said, boss, I have to tell you something. I had, you know, he had a big party at the San Diego Hard Rock for the, during the convention. He yeah. hosted everybody. Yeah. You know, I stayed there, you know, and uh, I, <laughs> so, so, you know, in politics, you got to r- walk the right path. Because you could fall as, 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 as fast as you planned, right? And I think that's another thing I was able to survive. 
never got myself caught up with, uh, you know, um, with, with, you know, just poor judgment decisions. And I, you, you know, you see that over here. I think it's like yeah. you said, though, having that street smarts to, to just kind of, you know, a lot of the times you get, like you said, just random people that maybe want to do good and want to do well, but don't have that street smarts behind them, right? To, to like, to try to go the right path. And, and when, when the wrong path comes along, they don't realize that it's, it's, it is the wrong path because they just haven't seen or made those decisions before to where like, oh, big deal. Like, I'm just, you know, working with this guy or whatever it may be. And they're just perks and we're just hanging out. But then it's like, oh, no, you, <laughs> you know what I mean? You're actually on the, you're, you're actually getting, a, getting corrupted. Well, so if one thing I'm grateful about the fraternity was when I ran for local office, remember here in Huntington Park, it, they sent the infantry, man. I'll, I'll always be grateful for, to the fraternity and the guys that contributed. And so when I lost, I think the, I, that was a bad loss, but I learned so much from it. And I think what hurt the most was that I kind of felt, and I did let my supporters down. So, but because of that loss, I came back stronger and I wanted to do all the right things. Yeah. Right. And you know, you get caught up. I got to win. I got to make sure that I'm, people are looking at me doing all these wonderful things. Right. But what happened to me last year, I kind of came through this, um, this, this revelation that you don't need to be an elected official to do well in, in the, uh, in the community and, and you actually could save yourself a lot of um, grief because um, elected officials have to magnify, they have to present this perception of, look at me, I'm here at a food distribution, take a picture. I'm here, you know, giving out vaccines and, or I'm doing all this. And, you know, it's, it's part of the strategy because the community wants to, to uh, see that, but what they don't show is like what they should be showing is the business part of politics. And I think it's, it might be a little too late, man, because uh, what's happening right now with the country and, you know, um, I'm kind of concerned about just how politics has had a more deeper objective and uh you know so last year i was kind of like uh like a matrix was lifted over my eyes uh but it's part of the life experience and right now what i'm going through you know is when do i take action because or 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 things are already too too far off uh but i so when I said soldier of Christ is that I started reading scriptures last year. And, uh, so that's kind of what's been helping me. But the thing now is, uh, just kind of pray for, uh, discernment guidance. And and not that I became this. Let's see. Okay. My, my recorder died. Uh, I'm sorry, everybody. So wherever we left off, I'm sorry, but uh, Irving, I, I guess uh, I, I we we could we could change we could change it up. Um, I, I was gonna say like your your experience, kind of um, living in Huntington Park, or you know what, 
Let's talk about the classic, man. Let's talk about the classic. I mean, how how was that for you? I mean, I, I, th I think it was, it, it's very fun, right? So the, we, we play a softball tournament every year. Um, and you've been out, what, how many, how many championships were you involved in? Did you, did you win? Did, were you on the team when they won? Was it the first time they won? Or? They don't win without me. That's the thing. So <laughs> the, I'm the, um, and that's the thing I'm working on, right? Because uh, uh, I could come off as a little narcissist, you know? No, no. But I, I, <laughs> just the Leo in me. Yeah. But I, I would say that the, that softball tournament with the with the brothers and the family, uh, it was, uh, you know, what what hasn't happened. Um, but it, it goes to show what we're capable of as an organization that even sports or, you know, conference. I mean, when you gave your presentation about marketing, I, I'm yeah. a fan of yours, you know. Yeah. Um, but uh, I think what guys would like to remember is uh, the that home run against uh, Santa Barbara, and, and that was like the my my um, what was that? What was the Dodger from the '88? Uh, I can't freaking remember. No, well, not, not the pitch. He had a home run to, and it wasn't even to win the World Series, but it was like game two. Oh, okay. But in baseball, it's there's certain things that happen that you could tell that that it's like a domino effect. So that home run was a domino effect to go win the championship because it was we we're playing extra innings and we just kept being tied. So Santa Barbara could have beat us with one shot, but it was oh. us that it was us that put built that momentum and that energy to like get the team going to start rallying and start you know getting yeah and that makes a difference you know yes yes and um and the guys there you know uh all types of personalities you know you, you can mess around with them uh very you know and i don't even train with them i'm like the old guy that comes out of you know once a year and, and you know yeah. they they bring me out and I felt bad last the last time because we could have won, but we were a little undisciplined starting with me. Yeah. Um, baseball is beautiful, man. You, know, you can learn a lot about baseball with teams, team players, strategy. Uh, one thing that I did not agree with though, was the heckling. And I think us, we got the bad reputation of being the bad hecklers. I mean, I, we have to, I, I, I have my own, I have my own views on the heckling. I feel like, you know what I mean? Like it's, uh, like sometimes it's just annoying, you know, and that, that, it, but, but there's nothing wrong with it being annoying. Like that's, that's part of what it is. Like, you know what I mean? Like I did stand up comedy. I got heckled with words and, and, and attacks. And I mean, it's one of the things that you have to be kind of ready for and you can't, it's it's it, it can come down to this this new uh like cancel culture coddling right it's like there's gonna be people out there that are gonna talk shit to you and they're gonna, I, i'm they're fine gonna, with it you know i'm like hey it's gonna come at you what are you gonna do when it comes at you because what are you gonna do at work when like something you know goes wrong or whatever you're just gonna complain and cry and you know what i mean you have to find a way you have to find a way to deal with the downs you know it's like everybody always asks like well how do you you know like say like when i was in the entertainment industry it's like it's not about being up and what you do when you're up. It's what you do when you're down, right? 
that's those are the hard parts because you could everyone's good at doing well everyone's good at like when things are going well you hey look at guy fuck it you know but what do you do when you're down you know what i mean and i guess maybe that's a good a good place like i said um i think that at least for me i know some of the guys and Ed, they're good friends of mine not not that there's anything wrong but some of them are very serious right about playing like you said they're a little bit more disciplined and they they take it a lot more serious but I think sometimes you do need the guys because I think at least for you, every time I see you, you always bring good energy, you know, and sometimes you need that guy that's going to balance shit out too between them. Like, because if it gets too serious and people get too angry, then they get in their bad emotions. Right. Instead of getting pumped up, like you said, Hey, let's do it. We could do this. Like that optimism, you know, and that optimism sometimes comes from a, comes from a place of like, Hey, I don't, I don't know what's going to happen, but it comes from a good place of like, let's, let's just have fun. And let's, you know, let's, let's make it happen. You know? I could handle it. Well, to an extent. I mean, the, the season guys right, leading up to the tournament call me at like at two o'clock in the morning just to talk shit, you know, <laughs> at random days. And they're like really serious about it, you know. And I've talked shit back to them, you know, the usual suspects. But, you know, I've been targeted. I mean, they took the damn trophy from me in Vegas. So, you know, that's the ongoing, you know, that's like the, uh, if it was a movie, Right, and the trophy. Where's the trophy? It, it, it would have been like from guys talking too much shit to each other that they got sus- they, they got suspended for for life. Isn't that crazy? You can't attend a tournament because of your behavior. Yeah. What does that say about wh- wh- how far we we kind of stepped a little bit out of bounds with that? You know, I mean, no, <laughs> nobody should be. <laughs> yeah. But uh, I thank you for saying that. You know that I um. I guess that's the thing that I like to be, you know, it's just like, um, I don't like to be negative and, uh, you know, and that's what I'm working on right now because on this interview, you know, I would say that last year, you know, we got to bring that Irving that should be more positive. Uh, but in the times we're on right now, that's what I need the most. Yeah. And, uh, so I'm going to see it as a baseball game. You know, I want to see it as a baseball baseball game at and uh but one thing i've got to work you got to you know i got to at least make it to tryouts and that's what's next but i just been i've been observing is a lot of uncertainty right a lot of i don't i don't think anybody anybody should be down on themselves of the way that they they treated 2020 i think we all were we've all been through so much uncertainty to to try to figure out where the hell things are going to go in the future you know not just with COVID, but then we had fucking Donald Trump in an election, and you know what I mean? Well, I mean, I know you didn't want to take it there, but scriptures kind of explains everything that's taking place right now. If you want to, I mean, that's... Hey, whatever you I believe mean, and whatever you feel, you're fine. Yeah. I'm not saying you don't have, you know, everybody has their own their own things, and obviously if, obviously if that's something that's helping you cope and and, and kind of, you know, go through your emotions, yeah. like I said, then, then that's great, you know? Well, and I have to give thanks to that, to, 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 to God, because when I was a kid, uh, my best friend's parents were devout Christians, and my mom saw them as free um, babysitting, right? So <laughs> I know for my own, I was uh, taken to Christian fellowship here in Huntington Park, with uh, Central American families that baptized me as a Christian, right? And I, I had no idea what was going on. I was just with my friends, but, you know, 
the word, the good word, the spirit found his way into me. And uh, at that moment, once we moved out, you know, that, that experience drifted. But I will have to say that because of that, I was blessed to not really, and especially during college, like I said, I, what couldn't have happened to us? Right? Um, and now I have to bring back, that's what I'm working on. And, and you know, I, I know it's a faith-based situation, but what I'm going through is uh, I don't want to live with regrets. And right now it is the most important time of human history, human history. Hey, me and you are going through the most important time in human history. Yeah. Isn't that crazy? I mean, there's so much deception right now that we don't know who the good guy, or the bad guy is right now. Donald's all the politics, somebody that spent, Dedicated his career to politics and campaigns and all that. I'm like, híjole, pues qué chingado está pasando. Yeah. But, uh, you know, and that gets to me, too, because I think I might have been part of certain policies that I believe were being, uh, you know, were being judged for. So you're but, doing uh, like some stuff that you thought was good, but then is roped in with some stuff that maybe isn't so good. And I think that, you know, there's never, even yeah. at, even in a business world, you're never going to get a win-win, right? Like you, it's not, everybody's not going to win, you know, somebody has to, there has to be situations where you have to make different decisions of, you know, which direction you want to go. And there's, there's compromise and whatnot. And I think sometimes it's, maybe it's cloaked as, you know, compromise and then there's, you know, deception, but, you know, that's another story. Well, you know, and I, I'm, I'm saying this because I, if I, I wouldn't be sharing it with you if I didn't think it was important to to um, to pass it on. And I think I also been reading about the history of the country and the foundation of it, which you know, it, there's different um, there's different opinions about it. But the one I I see was that this. It is the last place that provides freedom in the world. This is what's stopping from complete tyranny. And we're in a threat right now, Ed. But, be, you know, not to be fearful. You know, we, we are fighters. Mexicans, we're Mexican-Americans. We, we're fighters, brother. And I, you know, I, have, I have a daughter. And you're probably going to have kids. And our brothers have kids. And I don't want to be responsible that they don't have the same freedoms we did. But that's that's what I pray for. Yeah. The enemies are at the gate. Um, but the God I pray to, he doesn't want me to be fearful. Um, but we'll, we'll leave it at that. You know, and I know your podcast, uh, the, the, you know, the weirdos thing, people will probably look at me as a weirdo just for sharing that. Right. So, yeah, it's for you to it's for you to decide for now. Maybe I am. But I'm being honest is that uh, that's that's the background that, I, you know, I don't want to come across as a hypocrite. Uh, there is going to be persecution for people that my, my faith. There is going to be persecution. 
And uh, I'm gonna, I'm coming in terms with that, that, uh, you know, I'm going to lay on the ground for that. I'm going to stand my ground. So, um, but it's, it's, I want to, you know, for the record, I'm doing it for the idea that this country was founded on the God-given liberties. Yeah. I you think know, I, I think it's if you have the right intentions. I mean, I, I really could, I, you know, whatever your religion may be, I think the intentions behind it, if they're if they're pure, but if you know, if it's if it's in, in the wrong direction of just and then hide. That's where that's where I don't I don't agree with it when you're hiding behind the religion and trying to say that this is what the religion Correct. says and this is why we need to do this or that. It's just like well, not that's not really what it says, and you're just trying to use it to to you know to push your own agenda, you know, that, which is, that's why you have to be in discernment. You have to pray. You have to, um, and the God I pray to is, you know, it's, uh, Yahweh, you know, it's, um, the God of Abraham, Christianity. Yeah. And it's and, all about introspection too, right? Like who am I and, in, in leading by example and, and being the change that you wish to see. You know, you can't just say, you can't just point a finger and say, well, you guys are wrong instead of Correct. doing the right thing yourself, you know? No, no. And I, I'll share this with, you know me, you know, I, I'm there to help. And I, this, to me, it's love, you know, LGBT, all that, but I'm a sinner and I'm dealing, I'm going through that all my past sins. I'm asking for forgiveness. Yeah. But if you apply the principles, and this is for the young generation, there's some wonderful principles on leadership, uh, helping the community, uh, being good at school, you know, uh, being uh, an individual, right? In the military, there's three things that we, we learn, physical, mental, and spiritual strength. And we gotta maintain those three at a high readiness level. Um, right now I'm working on the spiritual level. And but I got to go back to the physical and the mental again, you know, because it, 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 let me put it this way. What would you, let's say the lights go out for more than a week. And we were in big cities. Uh, folks are going to start grabbing stuff from me. Right. That's, that's what, if you're getting these alerts, I mean, just to give you a, not to scare you, but I want you to be prepared and, and, um, I have a bad example you know, about, it, about the lights going out, but that's going to detract from what you're saying. When, when there was a big blackout, I don't know if you remember, it was a few years ago. It was, a, it was um, here in San Diego, it was a like rolling blackouts and they were like lasted days. I don't know if you remember that. Yeah. Yeah. And it's silly because you know, what's happening right now, it kind of goes with, we're going into this whole new world of uh, artificial intelligence, right? And all those servers are using all that electricity. There's no reason why we should have been, we should have rolling blackouts. Isn't that crazy? So there's an invisible enemy out there, but his name's Elon you know, Musk. <laughs> yeah, no, yeah, he's, um, I didn't go, I didn't go with my boss. So when I worked for the Congressman, he met with him over there at, um, yeah. And at, at uh, the SpaceX in Hawthorne, yeah. and uh, at the, I wanted to go with him. Hey, where's the where's the boss going to? I was going to go meet Elon. Elon, what? 
I want to go. No, no. They already beat Irving. He's uh. So this was about six years ago. Yeah, he was up and coming. I, I think that like anything, you know, like uh, they've talked about artificial intelligence or whatever it be. You know, anything could be used. Whoever's using it can be used for evil, right? And that's it's just got to be the intention behind it. I mean, if we really get into it. Google Maps is used by ISIS, and now they don't have to. They don't have to figure shit out. They could just go on Google and find these things, right? But it's like the tool that I can use it to find a good shawarma place or a good pizza spot. You know what I mean? It's like it's what you're using, and I want the intention of it. It's not the actual tool. So it's not AI that's innately evil. It's that what you use it for and what it can become is it because something that could be, you know, malicious. There. So I think uh, AI is just going to look after itself, right? Um, but who's enabling it? It's yeah. not us. Um, you know, like all the guys in the investment page, they're all about crypto, and that's going to just eliminate, you know, or the the current currency. And remember, I was, talk, I was sharing about tyranny. Once that goes, once we lose our, the dollar, you're not going to be free anymore. Well, and that's where we're going. So I, yeah. And so that's my thing. Can we stop it? But not to get into a very philosophical conversation. Yeah. Well, I think that some of those things really stem back to just a, a, to validation, right? Because why do you want, like, even from an investment standpoint, why do you want more money? Or why do you want, you know, what, what, is, it that, what is it that you need that you don't have now? that you're, you know what I mean, need to be in power, that you need to be in a, you know, in a tyrannous place, like, you know, like what, what do you, what do you, what are you not getting, right? It's just like, you see these people that are very successful, but very unhappy, you know? And I think that that's where we can kind of circle back to the mental health is what do you really want for yourself? And, you know, where's that validation coming from? Is it coming from having expensive cars and, you know, having a good career or, or do you really, care about yourself you know or do you need those things to be who you are and it goes back to i want to be a top dog real estate right i want the nice car and then i got into real estate to and then i got a taste of the power right with with uh the sacramento and i worked in dc and i was involved with you know the 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 elected officials that were making a lot of important decisions, but I, the, my spiritual side was distant for me. And I would like to think that if it was ender with me, I, um, I would have, um, probably not been part of some campaigns. I was because what's happening right now is, uh, there's been, I feel that there's been some betrayal. Um, you know, don't want to get too much into that. Yeah. But, what about what, for, you, for yourself? How do you how do you feel? I guess so that's more important. And what, what what direction do you want to go? You know, mentally. well, my the thing for me right now, politics. You know, going on is yeah. where do you? The thing for me is my number one priority right now is to be a good dad for my daughter. You know, and and that's what my that's my uh, my everything, right? But I keep that on the side because, you know, people could hurt you that way. God forbid, you know. Um, the second thing is I, I need to get that Irving back that uh, hit that home run. Yeah. Uh, and he's coming back. Um, 
the last position I had was kind of upsetting because of a lot of internal bullshit politics and it kind of came crashing down. But also, I chose that career to stay away from the lineage I had back from Sinaloa, you know. You know, when I was coming up, I used to see people make a lot of money with not even a quarter of the education I had, right? And my justification was like, I'm not going to do that, even though, you know, it was always around us. But just to sh- so it was kind of not, now I'm at that cross point where it's everything's on the line of what my purpose is and, you know, making sure that I remain honest to myself and I, and I, you know, I, I, uh, I'm helpful and uh, I'm a good brother. I'm a good, uh, I'm a good person. Uh, and just to make sure that I, I fulfill that purpose God Almighty sent me for. And that's my, that, that's my complete happiness right there. And, you know, it would come across a little awkward for me because, you know, yeah, I was, you know, in college, right? Uh, what didn't we do? Uh, fights, partying, uh, late night, you know, all this, this madre, which in one way gave us that truly smarts kind of thing. But, uh, but now, you know, it's like it, what I could tell the, for the younger generation, what I really like about the fraternity back then, it, it was when we did community work. Those, those instances where I did community work, it, there were golden memories for me. When, for one, is we went to St. Joseph to the homeless center, and I was giving out sandwiches to all these homeless guys, right? Even before homeless was trendy like it is now. Yeah. And what helped me back then is that the guys used to tell me, like, so I would ask him, man, how'd you end up being homeless? And all these dudes always say it's because of a woman. Don't ever let yourself get lost because of a woman. Can, can you believe that? You know, just, if you, I took a little bit of my time to get that infinite wisdom. You know, don't ever lose yourself for a woman. And, well, I think uh, it's don't, don't lose who you are in general for anybody, right? Like, and that's to, yeah. the, point, the, to the point of validation because then, um, obviously these guys didn't have the right coping mechanisms for them to go and, and just kind of spiral out of control because, because they allowed somebody else to make that decision for them. You know, it's like, a, whatever decision, like you said, whatever decisions you made before and where you at now, you take responsibility for them. Right. And you're not going to, and you even said it at the beginning, like, I'm not blaming her for anything and whatever happened. Like I lie, I learned that this and that and it's, it's all real. I'm in a better place now, but it's, it's it's you, I'm not gonna place blame on anybody else on what, the decisions that I made. You know what I mean? Oh, it's because of this girl that I was dating that now I I did this and that. I mean, if anything, a lot of girls that I've dated probably because of the lessons that I learned, I ended up in a better position, right? Like now, yeah. like, okay, I'm not gonna go after a girl that's like that, or I'm gonna be more aware of of what I'm doing in the situation for me to be a better person. You know, as opposed to be like, ah, she destroyed me. You know what I mean? Like. Well, I think what you're doing to me, I, I thank you, Ed. I, yeah. I hope you're, I mean, not that many people, you're, you're, this is selfless service. You're taking the time to talk to a brother, you know? Yeah. Uh, let me turn on the light. I don't want to be on the spooky guy right here. You know? um, and this is exactly what's needed uh, for us in the family with your friends, 
I think, I think help lat- us get- Latino males, you know, that's in, in, in Latinos in general, you know, um, it's machismo and all that stuff. Like you said, you know, these guys from Sinaloa and I'm not going to sit here and talk shit about anybody from Sinaloa and what the situation is because just because of the backlash that it can get you. But, you know, I talked about it with my therapist and, and talking about just the glorification of it. Right. And it, it's of, of killing people and, 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 you know, just that business in general, it, it's, it's not good, you know, and you could say that, you know, the politicians are also doing bad things, but I guess like you said, I don't want to be directly correlated with something that's doing that's that's creating a bad systems, you know, like, and, and, and people are getting hurt through it. So I think that, like you said, it's giving people an avenue. Um, and that's the whole goal uh, of doing this, right. Is to, for people to see that me, myself in my thirties and you yourself, you know, in your forties of like understanding that, that you need to get this stuff out. And there's an introspection of like, whether it's a religion or spirituality, wherever that may come from, but there needs to be a lot of introspection. So you can, you know, so you can be a better person going forward for yourself and, and, and your family, like you said, your kids and, you know, uh, but I would hate to end our call without giving the Sinaloa some credit. And I'll, I'll, I'll tell you why. So the guys over there, very, these guys are good, are probably the people that will give their shirts off the back, right? Yeah. These guys were the ones that were the Zapatistas, Revolucionarios. The Narcos in Sinaloa, the narco culture over there is a defiance to the government, right? And what my grandma used to tell me, and my grandpa was, the government back in those times of 56, Mexico did a lot of, the Mexican government took advantage of the communities and the pueblos and all that. Yeah. And they were very abusive. So the counterculture was the nautical culture where you had to be secretive to be able to keep something, right? And it started with, you know, the first the 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 marijuana and the the heroin you know the history with the yeah, world yeah, war ii yeah. and all that but i like to give credit to the that generation of my grandpa and the werewolves yeah and what's well, doing what you have to do to survive right it's not from a, place of, it's yeah. not from a bad place and, and he would have a heart attack if somebody would have told him hey you're too masculine he, he would like he'll grab the bell and just fucking fuck you up man and I, you got to, as men, we got to preserve, we got to preserve that. Yeah. But that's what's going on right now in our culture. That how do you make your opponent weak? You knock out the soldiers, you knock out the, the masculine. So if people can't catch on to that, that's what's happening right now. And it's not that you're a homophobe or anything like that. It's that that's the strategy being used on this country to make a person, a male feel bad about being a male. So for the younger, younger generation, you know, it's good to, to, to be the guy, be respectful. You know, you're not going to go and uh, treat women bad. You're just going to be yourself. Um, But like my grandpa told me this and this, I will never forget. you know, he saw the way I was. And in order, the bad side of narcos is that you got to be, you got to cheat, steal. For the guys that make it there, that's what they have to do. You're not up there because you're, a, you know, like the Hollywood thing. 
you're going to get some blood in your hands. And my grandpa said, you know, I don't see you doing that. You're, uh, you're too nice. Right. But you are going to be a soldier. He said, just a different type of soldier. I was five years old, uh, in Mazatlan for spring break, Semana Santa. And, uh, you know, words are very important. And this is a lesson I've learned, uh, you know, later on, but the lesson is that words that come out of your mouth are very important because they are forever infinite. And uh, for all the guys in the fraternity that make fun, if I ever made you feel bad about yourself, you know, I, I was just, I, that's my way that I like you, but I apologize. I didn't, you know, I could get, so we got to use But um, for being a Latino male fraternity, I would probably say we've got to withhold your masculinity. Don't feel bad about it. You know, you're not going to be toxic because you don't have to be male to be toxic. You could be, you know, some, something else and another sex. And there's only two sexes, female and male. There's only two sexes. That's, you know, for the record. I'm not, I'm not going to say anything definitively. There's a lot of things that we can go into as far as, you know, what the genders and all that, all that good stuff. I think, I, I think I get, I get what you're, what you're saying as far as just em, embracing who you are, but I think it's, it's also not making it so definitive of this is quote unquote, what a man should be. You know what I mean? Because, because we're all, we're all different. Just like you said, your grandpa told you yourself, you're not this type of man, you're this type of man or you're, you know, so we're all different in our own way and it doesn't make us any less or any more um, to some degree, you know, the, we all have a functionality and we all have different, like you said, di- living out your purpose, you know, your purpose isn't to be the, the businessman or to be this or the killer, your purpose is to be a man of service, you know. No, and that's the message I would like to, to go back to my, you know, my, back to Sinaloa and all that area right now is that if you're going to be a man, there has to be a purpose that you're going to do such an action, you know? Can you hear me? Yeah. But to prove that you're, you got to kill people for personal money gain, that to me is, uh, and that's why we're, that's where we're being judged. The founding fathers of this country started the revolution war and have blood in their hands because they wanted to break free from the monarchy. Right now that's a good purpose. That's where you put your life on the line because you want your kids to be free. But if you're going to kill because you want a Lamborghini or, you know, then a lot of kids learned that too late. I was in that trajectory. Yeah. Today marks, the 20th year that my cousin, you know, Bobby, me and him are like identical twins. He was seven years older than me. He was, you know, he was doing really, he was in that world, you know, in Mexicali, he was making millions. Overnight, he gets kidnapped, gets held for ransom. And that was it, right? So that's the kind of stuff I deal with, you know, and, and it's not glamorous. It's not, you know, it's not like that I, that I would like to project anymore, but there's things that are going to take place now that it's going to get good. And, you know, yeah. So, um, 
You know, that's just one of the many instances that I was going through last year because that, all that kind of came to, together for me. And, and it was just not that cousin, you know, there's other family members and it was a, you know, so I used to tell people COVID, all right, that's, I could deal with COVID. I mean, death has pretty much been part of my family, uh, you know, since, since growing up. Yeah. So it's how, it's how you want to, you know, we've got to leave the place a better place. Like the actions we take now. Yeah. Go ahead, Ed. Yeah. Sorry. Somebody walked in, but yeah, you're, yeah, yeah, no. No, I'm, I'm, I'm listening. I'm listening. Um, yeah, I get, I get, I get entirely what you're saying, you know? Oh, but you could also learn a lot of entrepreneur skills from, from there, man. I mean, like these guys are the best negotiators, you know, and, and the word is everything. La palabra es todo. And, uh, you know, that's what my grandpa used to tell me all the time. Mijo, su palabra es todo. Yeah. And that, it's like, that, that would mean, you know, so that's that three points already for the young cats. Don't ever lose your word. If you say something, you commit to it, and it doesn't matter what you have to do to follow through on that. Yeah. You know? And that, yeah. and that those, those principles have allowed me to, to experience a, a wonderful career in public service been blessed um you know not without the exception you know i've dealt with heartbreaks you know the the, the nightlife the uh you know re- being irresponsible uh being a slacker uh, but uh you know it's all work in progress and uh, i think because of this conversation i want to thank you for uh you know just because of the the sharing it's already yeah. the the healing yeah no it's great I, I think that you you know that that's a good place to kind of end it on you know just like you said is a is is being be, being a good person and just like a, you know establishing your your place and, and knowing that there's stuff that does need to be you know like you said healed and and just knowing that the stuff need to get out i think a lot of people seeing a person like you talking about such serious things is allows them to, to know that they can talk about it too. You know what I mean? And they could, they could get it out as well. Um, you know, it doesn't have to be, like you said, the carrilla and, and the, and the, you know, the shit talking is just part of the culture a lot. Uh, but you know, I think we have to also try to normalize, you know, saying that you, you know, you feel bad or, or you're scared of something or, you know what I mean? Like it's a, that's okay as well, you know, to, with, with people that you trust, you know, and I understand that within, the Latino community, it's hard to, to, to be that vulnerable person that you're going to say, you know, you're scared or you're, or you maybe don't feel like you're in the right place and doing the right thing, but you know, and you, maybe you're just doing it for other people, but I think it's good to see old, you know, the older generation as well, kind of getting back the wisdom to just tell people that, you know, you're going to learn from those decisions, whether they're good or bad, you're going to, you're going to, you're going to learn, you know? And we have it. We have it all. It. We have talented guys like you. We have all these, all these wonderful guys, man. You know, and uh, uh, we haven't even touched the surface of our potential as the organization. And I think um, I've been lagging on myself. I wanted to start a emergency preparedness group. Yeah. But you know, it's just one of those things that I kind of been uh, slacking off and. Uh, no. I, which is we'll put it out we'll put it out there irving pacheco 
thanks everyone for listening. We'll put it out. It's, hit them up if you know if uh, in the fraternity or if you know them um, for you know what preparedness, right? What it's our um, what, what would you? What yeah. Would Make sure you have two weeks of food and water, and your you know you have some batteries. Yeah. Make, so, yeah, you know. Uh, but we're we should be here for each other. We should have a plan B and C. We we have a lot of guys out there in, in law enforcement, uh, and all these wonderful, all yeah. these wonderful backgrounds. Yeah. Man. And there's if people can contribute in different ways. That's that's kind of the whole thing, right? So, again, man, I, I really do appreciate you joining. Uh, thanks everybody for listening to Irving Pacheco, um, soldier of Christ. Um, and hit him up if you you want to get involved with his emergency preparedness. He's a he got military experience. He understands the systems. And he can, you know, help you out. So let's get let's get let's get him some some people to hit him up. So we'll get other people to motivate you. If you get somebody working with you, then that that, that gets you motivated, right? Well, maybe getting called back for the base for the softball team will help. <laughs> you know, <laughs> call him back for the softball team. All right, Irving. Yeah. Thanks for joining me, brother. All right, bye, man. Love you. Thanks.